man, these people are, are, are like a mess. Like I, I, I wanted a different team at the time. And then I realized I don't need a different team. And by the end of the year, what I discovered was I needed to be a better leader. And as I improved as a leader, my team got better. As I helped my team improved, they improved. And that changed everything that year of, of learning to serve. See, we often think that we have to focus on ourselves to get better. But ironically, when we help others grow, we grow. We help others improve, we improve. And so by helping my family that year, that's when my career took off actually after that because I finally became this servant leader who understood it and what it really meant. And then to lead that way, now I was able to truly lead that way and talk about it in an even more powerful way. You don't have to be great to serve, but you have to serve to be great. And so once you serve, then you become great in their eyes. And I would say through that year of service, I finally became a, a good leader on my way to becoming a, a great leader. Yo, Ryan Hartley here from Always Better Than Yesterday. Welcome to the interview sessions where I put my curious questions to inspiring people. This is episode 113, and I am joined by John and Catherine Gordon. What a power couple. You will remember John from episode 77. He is the author of bestsellers such as The Energy Bus, The Power of Positive Leadership, The Carpenter, and my favorite, Training Camp. John and Catherine have been married 23 years and what they have done in their latest book, which is also a bestseller, Relationship Grit, a true story with lessons to stay together, grow together and thrive together. I've read the book myself and I just can't believe the depth with which they've gone to sharing stories from their own successes and struggles that will absolutely no doubt help thousands and thousands and thousands of people when they read the book themselves. So here we go. Episode 113. If you are not part of the Always Better Than Yesterday community yet, pause this, head to Facebook, search We Are Always Better Than Yesterday. We are a group of nearly 600 people from all around the world with the same heart and mindset, all about helping others grow and seeking to grow every single day. These interview sessions are brought to you by our great friends at Web Creation. Head to webcreationgroup.com for stunning websites at sensible prices. There's a challenge that John and Catherine refer to in the interview session itself, and the link to that is in the show notes. So head over there and take up the challenge. I hope you enjoy this next half an hour. I hope it inspires you in your heart and your mind in some way. I hope it enables you to build stronger relationships with, with those around you. I'd love to know what you think. Always take the time to message me, DM me, email me. I'd love to hear from you. But until then, enjoy this conversation. Always love. Catherine, welcome to the Always Better Than Yesterday podcast. I'd love it if you could introduce me to the guy that was keeping you from your Oreo cheesecake. This is John Gordon, my <laughs> husband of 23 years. 23, wow, feels like yesterday. <laughs> John was uh, John was with me in, um, in June of last year. We talked about his book, The Garden, and 
I think that was bestseller number nine. And here we go. Bestseller number 10, right? Yeah. Yeah. Relationship great. Yeah. It came out with bestseller was uh, first week. Yeah. It was very exciting. Yeah. I, when I married her, I said, you listen, one day you're going to become a bestselling author. I just want you to know that. And uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but who would have thought? That's amazing. And, and I love the fact that, um, you know, you've, you've got nine bestsellers. You, you, you didn't choose to, to milk the cash cow. You've, you've really put in a, um, a lot of raw, real talk to this book that you've gone to places where I imagine many wouldn't. I just love to know, you know, what's the why behind the book? Why now? And why relationship grit? Well, so I, I started to run into a lot of couples that were splitting up, that were really looking to get divorced. And the more I started talking to them, I realized they were dealing with a lot of the same issues that John and I have had in our relationship. Mm -hmm. And I really felt like if we could work it out and we could stay together, anybody could. So that's how the book was born. And we wanted to make a difference with it. We knew that we had to share our own struggles and our own obstacles and the real story as you said we had to be vulnerable because it had to be real and it wasn't this hey we have the best marriage in the world book it wasn't hey we have a perfect marriage as you know it was a lot of realness sharing our flaws our mistakes and we knew that in doing that we would help people change we would help people improve and get better in the relationship yeah and you know and, and i admire the the, you know, the, the vulnerability that you've shown. And, and, you know, when we talked about the energy bus and we talked about, you know, the character of George being based on you, it's like, yeah, yeah. Okay. I get that. Like, you know, you were given an ultimatum, but you weren't joking. <laughs> there are some stories you've shared that you really bring to life uh, that ultimatum and the journey that, that kind of, that got you there. Yeah, you share that. Go ahead. Yeah. The ultimatum in terms of, Catherine told me I need to change. Like if I don't change, like we're over. And so she gave me that ultimatum in order to one, I would say knock me, you know, off my core in terms of like, or the way I was being to knock it out. But if I didn't change, like we were over. So she was dead serious. Like if I didn't change, like I was done. She wasn't just saying it to, so that I would change. She was saying it because if I didn't change, we were over, she had had enough. Well, I mean, I was miserable. Right. And he was so negative and it just got to where it was. Um, we were all unhappy and I knew I needed to make some changes. Yeah. And the change she needed to make was me. <laughs> so I either was going to change myself or I was going to be changed out of the relationship. And so it really was a great wake up call. It was an ultimatum. And she had every right to say what she said, because I needed to change. I had to become a better person and a better husband. And if she didn't do that, I wouldn't be who I am today. I wouldn't be writing the books that I'm writing. We wouldn't have all these books that I've been able to share, thankfully, and make a difference. So I'm very thankful to Catherine for helping me become who I am. And that's what you do in a relationship. It's two imperfect people coming together, making each other better in the process. And, you know, I got to say, because I get this question a lot from some of, of, of my girlfriends, well, what if my husband doesn't want to change? Or what if I don't want to change? And really what it boils down to is if you don't change in this relationship, then you're going to have to change in your next one. And if you don't do it in that one, 
You know what I'm saying? No matter where you go, there you are. So at some point, you really have to take a look at yourself and mm. see how you can make the relationship better. Mm, I can really relate to that. I, there's so much of John's story that I, I really resonate with. And, you know, there were, there were points in my own marriage and relationship where I, um, I, I had to change. But I, I was looking at the team I had with resentment. I think, you know, you talk in the book, John, about, you know, wishing you had a, a different team on occasions and, and I'd, I'd been there and um, but the thing that's kind of transformed my marriage again was was Jesus and I didn't want anything to do with the guy you know <laughs> I was a man of science and yet something amazing happened 18 months ago where I invited him into our life my life and our marriage and and things have been improving since and and I know that that's the first part of your grip framework is God why is that number one? Why is that top of the... Well, I mean, Ryan, I'm so glad to hear you say that because mm. I can definitely say that was the game changer. John was definitely headed in the right direction. He was starting to change, but things weren't great. But it wasn't until he himself found Jesus and started learning about the teachings and, and, and reading a lot and working on himself that he changed from the inside out. So that's a beautiful thing. And I'm glad to hear you, you, you say that. I don't think that's something everybody grasps. So I try to find ways to help them and tools in different ways, but whew, if they can do that, <laughs> that changes everything. Yeah. Once you allow God into your heart and into your marriage, God will change everything about you. And so I wouldn't be who I am if Catherine didn't give me the ultimatum and if Jesus didn't come into my life because it did change me. It made me want to be a better man, a better husband. It made me be more loving, more kind, more servant-oriented. And so, mm -hmm. yeah, Jesus changed who I was from the inside out, which then changed our marriage. So you have to change within before you can change someone else or change the situation. And... God is a part of our formula because GRIT stands for God, resolve, invest together. And you need to invite God into your marriage. If it's just you and your spouse, it's two chords. And two chords are strong, but we know that with a third chord, you become unbreakable. And God is that third chord. And so often, addiction programs, for instance, we have people trying to do you know, life and try to get out of their addiction by themselves. And they know it doesn't work that way. They need a higher power. They need a greater strength because they're not strong enough. Same thing in your marriage. You two are not strong enough. You need a greater power to help you both through it. And a lot of people are resistant to that, but it's why they struggle so much. It's like, <laughs> you know, I don't need God and yet they're struggling. No, accept God, receive God and allow God to change you. And you'll, develop more forgiveness, more love, more intimacy, more joy, and you won't struggle as much. We resist the most we need the most. And when we let God into our life and into our marriage, that changes everything. Mm. And you, uh, you mentioned the word servant. I was fortunate enough to have a conversation with Dr. Gary Chapman, who obviously wrote the Love Languages book. And, Ooh, and he, talks about, he talks about how doing what is not natural, doing what is difficult is sometimes the greatest act of love. And, and you talk about your one year of, you know, your one word for the year is serve and you're spending more time in the home. Like what did that year do for you, John? Yeah. Doing the, the unnatural of what you're not really 
used to. It's not natural for me to be a servant leader. It wasn't natural for me to just be this giving person. I was naturally more self-focused. And so the year of serving was the year of getting outside of myself and not being focused on myself and focused on others. And it was hard because every bone in my body wanted to focus on me. But I realized I was at my best when I focused on we. Catherine really Mm. needed my help that year and the kids needed me. And so I could have escaped my responsibility. I could have ran and just kept on traveling all the time and doing my 15 engagements a month. Or I could have been home, been with my team and helped them get better. And so I limited to two engagements a month, maybe three tops. So now I'm home all the time. And they were struggling and they were having issues. And I was frustrated at first because they had so many... (laughs) Issues. I'm like, man, these people are, are, are like a mess. Like I, I, w- I wanted a different team at the time. And then I realized I don't need a different team at, by the end of the year, what I discovered was I needed to be a better leader. And as I improved as a leader, my team got better. As I helped my team improved, they improved. And that changed everything that year of, of learning to serve. See, we often think that we have to focus on ourselves to get better But ironically, when we help others grow, we grow. We help others improve, Mm -hmm. we improve. And so by helping my family that year, that's when my career took off actually after that because I finally became this servant leader who understood it and what it really meant. And then to lead that way, now I was able to truly lead that way and talk about it in an even more powerful way. I've been talking about positivity and optimism but now it was about relationships and it was about investing in your team it was about committing to your team you don't have to be great to serve but you have to serve to be great and so once you serve then you become great in their eyes and i would say through that year of service i finally became a a a good leader on my way to becoming a a great leader would you would you agree with that yeah and i mean after that he wrote uh, the power of power of positive leadership and the power of positive uh teams and and The Carpenter, and yeah, every book after that actually became a bestseller. And I think God rewarded that by saying, okay, you're going to focus on what matters most. You invest in the root, and I'll provide the fruit. But you have to make sure that you put the root first. And that's part of our relationship approach, too, is like a couple has to really focus on the root of the relationship if they want the fruit of that relationship. Mm -hmm. And it's Mm -hmm. about doing things you don't necessarily want to do. Right? Yeah, it's going, about committing to the team. Yeah, committing to the team, and you know, you don't always want to serve. When you would ask me to do things, I didn't want to do it. I was watching a game one time, and and I made a I made a pact. I said, whatever Catherine asked me to do, I I will do it. I have to do mm. it. He didn't tell me he made that pact, <laughs> but he he did, right? So yeah. I didn't know it. Yeah, Ryan, that would have been dangerous to tell her. Yes, right? absolutely. <laughs> and um, you, you I, talk- I made the packed with myself and then one time i'm watching a game and she asked me to go do it i'm like no i don't want to i'm watching this game and then i remembered the pack and i'm like okay went to the store got her stuff got her stuff came back and it was those little things like that that over time the research shows that couples that make time for each other Mm -hmm. that actually find the time to listen to help to assist when the couple wants to show, when one wants to show the other person something that they're reading Mm -hmm. and that other person makes the time to actually read it and look at it, those little moments of sacrifice, not the big moments, but little moments of sacrifice actually determine whether that couple will stay together or not, the research shows. Mm, And and Catherine, obviously your act of, you know, service and love was to choose to take a back seat. You know, what was that like for you? 
Yeah, um, I, I can remember when I decided to do that. We were both uh, movers and shakers in Atlanta. We didn't have children yet, but we're doing a lot of great things. John had started a nonprofit called the Phoenix Organization. He owned several restaurants and bars in Atlanta and was also running for city council. And I was acting, modeling, and doing a lot of my own nonprofit work. And I just remember there was a time we were standing in the closet of our house getting ready. And it really became who was going to help who because which, which thing was more important. And I really thought to myself, and, I, and I'm not saying that a woman has to take a back seat at all. There are many of my friends that they're both doing great things. Just in our relationship at that time, I felt like that's what needed to happen. And when I did that, it absolutely changed the dynamics in a great way. And I was able to support him with love and encouragement and help him grow. And Ryan, now Catherine is speaking and she gave her first <laughs> talk to you the other day in Relationship Grit. And it's now my time to actually encourage her and support her as she's doing her thing to make a difference, to help all these you know, women and men struggling and really move forward with this message. So I'm hoping to retire soon, to be honest, <laughs> support her as she, as she does all this. It's now so good to hear that. On. The pressure's yeah, on. I'm sure you'll rise to the challenge. And it's so good to hear that because I think, you know, John quite candidly reflects that he's so glad that you were a strong woman because, you know, he could have, um, I, I won't quote because I'll get it wrong, but was the effect of that he, he could have um, broken you and, and lost what was special about you. Oh, so that was, yes. That was quite a nice acknowledgement. And, and to hear him say that about, you know, go forth and, you know, go provide and, and I'll retire. It's, it's a nice full circle. You know what? Yeah. And that's something I always tell my friends. I mean, you know, you, as you read the book, there are 11 tips in the book. Mm -hmm. And one of them is that it's don't compete right? You, you really have to support and encourage your partner. But so many times it becomes a competition. And so I think that was really crucial for us to, and I think a lot of times the reason people do that is out of fear, you know, fear that that person's going to leave you, that they're going to, you know, do better than you and you're not going to be good enough. And so you have to let go of that and just, 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 love it's really all about love that's the basic answer right and going back to what you said about breaking her you know i would have broken her spirit if she would have allowed me to but she was so strong she didn't allow that and she had to teach me how to treat her you know she had to teach me how to be a better man and better husband and in doing that i became one so mm -hmm. she was she was strong and i'm glad she was what does zero to 60 look like? Can I see that? <laughs> you don't want to see that. You, 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 you ever watch the movie, The Hulk? Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. And, um, you know, what, what was, uh, what was your kid's reaction? You know, uh, Jade and Cole, what were their reactions to, uh, mom and dad collaborating in a book? Well, Ryan, you know, we're just mom and dad to them. So they don't really get too involved. We, we want them to read our book, but they still haven't read it. They know our story. We've shared it as they were, they became young adults, 
but um, they haven't read the book yet. Yeah, it's almost like we've actually decided <laughs> if, if they don't read the book next time they come home, they're, yeah. not, they're not allowed to come home unless they've actually read the book. Yeah, yeah, we're, yeah. we're, we're, we're setting some boundaries. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. I love the little story where you said, um, uh, I can't remember where you were, but the, the chap said to your son, oh, John Gordon's famous now. It's a chiropractor, yes. wasn't it? It's a story of the chiropractor. What did your son say as you know to that question? Yeah, we were at the chiropractor, and the he was the the doctor was asking where John was, and I said he was. I think you were down speaking at the World Conference, World Leaders Conference. I said something like he's down speaking with a bunch of famous people, and and the chiropractor said, "Oh, well, he is famous." And my son said, "Oh, not in our house. He takes out the trash, <laughs> so, and he does the laundry, and he does the law, and he still does the laundry." <laughs> I love that servant leadership. That's amazing, and um. Give us an insight into the Team Gordon team meetings. Uh, well, there's always a basic structure, and that would always be John reading some type of motivational quote or, or story or something from a sermon. It just depends, but something that, you know, is is motivational, but a lot of times it's grounded in spiritual in God. And then um, after that, we, when the kids were here, we would talk about, it never failed that John would pull something to read that would apply to something one of our kids was going through or something mm. I was going through. And so it would be a good time for us to discuss it or talk about what was going on and help them come up with, with ways or tools to deal with whatever that situation was. And then we talk about our one word. Mm -hmm. And we also have a family mission statement. John, what's the mission statement? Yeah, to love and honor God and all that we do. So we so. always remind them of that. And we talked about that. Um, and then we'd end with our family prayer. Yeah. And by the way, we would fight a lot oh, in yeah. these meetings. And, oh, yeah. And to get the kids to do it. Like, I don't want people to think, oh, these perfect family, the positive people. No, no. no. We would struggle. We would have a lot of fights. The kids wouldn't want to come to the meeting. Mm -hmm. I'd be like, no, we are having our meeting. We are not going throughout the day without having a family meeting. And so I fought for a lot of times yeah. for it because I knew our culture as a family would depend on investing in these moments. Mm -hmm. And it was important to do that. So it wasn't always easy. It was a struggle, but always led. We finally sat down awesome. and went through it. Yeah. By the end, it was awesome. Yeah. It was like this big struggle in the beginning. Yeah. And by the end, it was great. And that's the thing. You got to fight for it. Same thing mm -hmm. with your relationship. A lot of times it's going to be struggles and it's hard and difficult mm -hmm. and times you don't like each other but you keep working through it you resolve to stay together on the other side of that you actually love what happens in the end and how you actually wind up loving your relationship yeah. mm. i mean how many times this is what i tell my girlfriends when they say oh believe in my husband how many times have you been mad at your spouse and then it may not even be a week could be a day the next day everything's fine you know, so if we just kind of ride it out, fight it out, fight for your fight for your relationship, you're better off in the long run. Yeah, I love that. And and John, when you came on last year, we talked about um, your father being a New York um, police officer, and we talked about love tough, and we talked about love tough in a leadership setting. What does love tough look like in a home family setting? It looks like. You love each other, but you hold each other accountable, you know, mm -hmm. to your standards, to your principles, to your culture, to your values. And so 
we have a set of standards in the Gordon household and <laughs> we hold each other accountable to that. If I'm not doing the things I need to do, Catherine will hold me accountable. I'll never forget when years ago we were younger and she said, you need to be a better dad. Like there are things you could be doing better. And I wanted to get all defensive mm. and tell her what she could do as a, to be a better mom. But I remember saying, okay, all right, I'm open. Like make, make me better. I said, I'm mm. open, make me better. Three hours later, she was done telling me all the things I could do to improve. No, just just kidding. It was about 20 minutes. But after she told me, I actually implemented a few of those things. And I did get better from, from that advice. So you call each other up to greatness to get better. I'll do it with her, you know, on just different things. And Well, let me tell you something. So, you know, we've been together 23 years. But you got to remember, probably 85% of our marriage maybe a little less. John was traveling. I mean, every year his job was, if he wasn't traveling, he what we weren't making an income. So, you know, COVID hit and we're here 24 seven and we are very different people. Everything's different about us. And John is very neat, very organized. He puts his dishes away as soon as he eats. I mean, just everything. So and Catherine leaves her dishes in the sink. <laughs> so so I'm he with you, came Catherine. up with I'm a with song you. for me. He came up with a song for me. Are you ready? Go. Everything has a place. <laughs> and he walks around the kitchen. He points to things. And he actually sings to me like a kindergarten song. Subliminal first, messages going to you. Yeah. At first I was kind of, you know, going from zero to 60. And then I thought, I found myself singing the song and now I'll <laughs> things away. I'm using the Jedi mind tricks, he is, Ryan. He is. Yeah, Everything yeah, yeah. has a place. But, but Catherine says, you know, she tells the story. She said, you know, John was traveling all the time. Now he's home all the time. <laughs> and so she uses it like that. But it's been great. We've actually, we wrote the book before the pandemic, yeah. not knowing a pandemic was coming. And then during the pandemic, we actually used a lot of the principles we wrote about mm -hmm. to get through this time of being around each other so much and working through it. But, you know, we still have our daily fights. I'm still clean. Catherine still will leave the dishes around. She <laughs> has to look at, you know, she's one of these people very creative that has needs all the papers around yeah. to look mm -hmm. at what she has to work on mm -hmm. and needs it all in front of her. And so it will exist for a couple of days while she's working through it all. And for me, I can never have that. I need stuff out of the way so I can mm -hmm. think clearly and do what I need to do. And we're just so different in that way. He deletes every single email and text after he reads it. I have 3,562 <laughs> emails. <laughs> I, I, I share your pain. I share yes. your pain, Catherine. I too am a bit like that. And I, I love it. And and I think, you know, what you say is, is so easily to, easy to say, but hard to do, which is uh, expect less, appreciate more and, and really celebrate those differences. And it's something I'm learning almost every day it's a never-ending learning and and i love hearing those stories about team gordon the shared values my we do something similar here in, in team hartley and my son who who's eight he was five at the time he was putting his shoes on and he's like dad will you help me and i'm like come on dude like you can do it you do it yourself and he said dad we're hartleys and we help people and it's just you just know that oh, it's the holding you accountable to your values that's good. Yeah, I love that. Very, very powerful. We're the Hartleys and we help people. Right. 
I couldn't escape from that one. Yeah. yeah. I, I would have been like, we're the Gordons. We have grit. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, um, I'd love to know what your, you touched on one word. What are your words for 2021? My word is ritual. Mm. Coming up with a ritual that helps me better my life instead of what it's become, which is a cup of coffee and grabbing my cell phone. So I'm trying to do things more meaningful. Mm. So that's, of course, meditation and prayer, stretching, mm. things like that. And mine is abide, mm. abide. And John 15, if you abide in me and I abide in you, um, together we will produce, you will produce much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Mm. And so it's, but the reason why that happened is because I was doing a one word podcast with a pastor named Jack Graham out of Dallas. And he told me how one year his word was abide. Well, a couple of days later, I'm walking back from the gym and right in front of me was this big white van, bold black letters, the word abide with a picture of Jesus right underneath. It was so weird. Like I saw it right in front of me and I knew that's my word. Wow. And so I'm going to work on a, you know, abiding and just uh, going deeper in my faith and more, intimacy and connection with the creator of the universe and allowing that Holy spirit to, to move through me in a more powerful way and to live with that spirit and take the time to connect to it. So I love something that. I I'm, uh, you, I'm looking forward to. I think mine's just above my head there. You won't be able to see it, but it is intention. My one word is ah, intention like for that. 2020, much like you, Catherine is about being intentional with where I am, who I'm with, how I'm being in that moment. How you're spending your time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You had the word intentional one year. I did have intentional one year. Yeah. So it was a good year. Good, good reminders, isn't it? Um, I'm conscious of your time. I'm very grateful for your time. Is there anything from the book, Grit, that you would specifically like to share with us that maybe I haven't touched on? Yeah. Um, well, I have two things I want to share. The first <laughs> thing is I always say compliment your spouse or your mm. mate. Compliment. Let the best thing they hear from themselves about themselves come from you, right? How many times do you hear your friends bad mouthing their partners? But really, let it come. So when I was um, raising the kids and John was traveling a lot, I'll never forget. I was standing in the kitchen. I had my nightgown on. My hair was all disheveled, um, making lunches, trying to get everybody to, together. John comes in. He's all dressed nicely in a suit, very handsome. And I wanted so badly to cut him down. And I wanted to cut him down really because I felt bad about myself. Mm. But instead something told me, I think it was God, say something nice. And I turned around and I said, you look so handsome in that suit. And Ryan, the, the smile on his face and the way his eyes lit up, it was, it was amazing. And so I realized I needed to keep doing that. And it was like a muscle because it wasn't always easy, but the more I did it, the easier it became. And then the more I felt, the better I felt about him and about me and about our relationship together. So I always say, please compliment, don't cut them down. And the other thing I want to say, I don't know exactly when this podcast is going to be released, but we're going to do a relationship grit challenge. 
And it's going to be February 12th through the 18th. And that'll be something that couples can do together. It's going to be fun and interactive. And we'll have a Facebook page. Yeah, there's going to be one thing they do every single day to strengthen their relationship. So we're going to give them an action, almost like a love dare. And each day, based on some of the tips from the book of what they can do each day to build their relationship. And the one thing about that, as a man, you know, we, we want validation. We want to be known and to be loved and be recognized. And so we get that from our our wives, we don't look outside. We get it from our wives and we feel good about, you know, what they think about us. We feel good knowing that they love us and that's ultimately what we want. And so it is important that you compliment each other. And for the men, the woman needs to know that you recognize them, that you value them, that you love them, that you see them. And so it really is important that you love each other. You mentioned the love languages. How do you show that you love yeah. each other? I mean, that book's okay, but I mean, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Yeah, it's so John's yeah. love language is food. Yeah, my love language is food. And, <laughs> I mean, what, a, what, a, what an epic it's book. Italian, that has, yeah. Yeah, what an epic book that has changed the world. But, Amazing. but it's all about how do you show that you love? How do you show that you care? And complimenting mm. is one of the ways that Catherine shows that she cares. And for me, it's about making the time for her it's about loving her. And I would say, you know, encouraging you and cheering yeah, you on. I think his encouragement. Yeah, encouraging and just being there for her and 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 knowing that like- Him uh, being my biggest cheerleader. Yeah, I, you know. Mm. And instead of the one that's, I always say, I thank God that, that John has rose colored glasses for me. <laughs> and I say, I don't think I have rose colored glasses. I'm just seeing the truth of, and thank I, you, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How Love beautiful Cezo. she is. Love so yeah, it was you know for, it was me for me it was love at first sight when I first saw her, but for Catherine it took a while, but for me it was definitely love at first sight, mm, and a lot of persistence. Yes, yeah. a lot of grit. <laughs> a lot of grit. Mm -hmm. mm, I love that. So this podcast will be going out end of January. So if you send me the link, I will make sure it goes out with the show Perfect. notes and and encourages many people to to get yeah. involved in that. It's um I don't think it's any coincidence that your two books have come out when they have particularly during the time with garden you know going within and and spiritual transformation living from the inside out and this as well you know when you're at home spending more time with your spouse you, you need to learn how to get on and love and and serve each other so thank you john i've already asked you what your um your uh, what the phrase always better than yesterday kind of means to you so i'm going to ask you catherine what does the phrase always better than yesterday kind of inspire within you better than yesterday always better than yesterday um not beating myself up about yesterday but mm. continuing to just do the best i can today and planning myself where i am in that day mm. Mm, that's good yeah yeah like that like that Team Gordon, thank you so much for sharing your heart, your mind, this book with the world. Thank you for coming on the, on the show. And, and I'd just be honored if you'd leave us a, a final thought from yourselves. Catherine's parents, you know, she came from parents who stuck it out, stayed together. Mm -hmm. They both, you know, had drinking issues and so forth, not the best marriage, but they stayed together but they weren't very happy necessarily in the marriage. I came from parents initially that got divorced and my mom married my dad who raised me since I was five. And so I saw a couple that had a love for a lot of love for each other. My mom, you know, hated my biological father, but she really loved my dad who raised me. And so when we talk about relationships. We're not talking about sticking it out, 
just mm-hmm. to stick it out, right? Right, mm-hmm. right. Not gritting it out with your clenched fists. Right. Yeah. And being miserable. Yeah. This is about sticking it out to love more, to have more intimacy, more joy, more forgiveness, mm-hmm. more of a bond, more of a joyful existence by having a stronger marriage. Mm-hmm. And when you do that together, it's incredible what happens. You will have a greater intimacy. You will have a greater relationship if you put in the work and it is work, but we want couples to, who might give up Mm -hmm. to stick together. This book is for the couple that should stay together, but they may not because of everything going on. Mm -hmm. So if this book helps that couple stick it out, stay together through the challenges, learn to connect in a deeper way, have better communication, use a lot of the tips we share. On the other side of that will be a greater relationship and more happiness and more joy. Some people probably shouldn't stay together. And there are some that that may where, okay, if you're both better off, if it's an abusive relationship, if there's a lot of issues that just are are not solvable or not resolvable, okay, then maybe that couple shouldn't. But, but for the most part, we do believe you should give it everything you have to try. But it's not just for couples that are struggling. Right. I've I've gotten emails right. from couples that have great relationships. I think the neatest thing is to get a, a um, an email from a woman I just got recently. She's been married fifty years, and she said, "Catherine, this book changed a dynamic in my relationship, and I really had to to tell you we've been married mm. fifty years." <laughs> And she was always, um, she had anxiety about pulling out of her driveway, backing out. And she said, and, and her husband would get irritated with her. It was always a, a, like a source of, you know, contention for them. After they read the book, because it's an easy read, as you know, it's an easy back and forth. It doesn't take long. After they read the book, he started turning her car around so that it was facing outward where she could just pull out. So it's not just for couples who are in trouble. It's for Mm. couples who are in love that just want to make a better relationship. And it's for people who are not in a relationship. Some of the best relationship work I did was when I wasn't in a relationship. Mm. So I think it's for everybody. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Team Gordon, I appreciate you. Love you guys. Thank you very much. Thank you, Ryan. Ryan. We love your heart, Ryan. You're awesome. And hope hope your, uh, your son's doing well. Thank you. Talk to you later. There we go. What an amazing conversation. I just loved being in the company of the Gordons. What amazing human beings with great heart for helping people. I always reflect on my interviews at the end and just so many great takeaways. You'll see them all in the show notes. Um, And I just love you. Two imperfect people coming together making each other better in the process so many different stories and examples of of love and service and sacrifice i hope it inspires you in some way hope it helps you build stronger relationships and um, please just do share this with one person you think needs to hear what the cordons have had to say go and check out relationship grit the book yourself and always Um, reach out if you need anything always ask your questions of me I'll do my best to answer them and why not sign up for for John and Catherine's relationship grit challenge the link is in the show notes uh, and I am grateful that you've made it to the end of this podcast you are a rare breed 
and I'm grateful for you. And I'd love to catch up with you soon. I'll speak to you next time. Always love. Thank you.